This is God's word as if God were here speaking to us. It's so important that we we understand what he said to us. It's also important that we don't filter what he has to say through the filter of modern thought because he has been forever lasting. He has not changed his opinions. Uh, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Father, we are your children. Lord, as many children, uh, of course, as they grow up, they form ideas, they become acclimated to that which is around them. And so we understand, Lord, when we surround ourselves with what you have to say and uh, the truth that is associated with your being. And as I recall, Jesus said, I am the truth. And so, Lord, where does that put? all that men have to say. Let yourself be known today. Father, uh, we live in an uncertain world, but we believe it is certain that Jesus Christ will reveal himself and he will reveal his church with him. Father, so if we continue in the things which we have learned and in the things which we know are the mind of God, we expect, Lord God, in the end to think and respond to conditions as he does. More than that, when we consider the word blessing, let us consider that it is something supernatural and that our desires and our joy is going to be 100% in the goodness and the person of God in our lives forever. May, Lord God, we not allow anything to come between yourself, your truth, and the person of Jesus through the Holy Spirit that we might uh, be sober 
and vigilant in this present world, for we know that it passes away, but you will remain. And so, Lord, we put ourselves before you. We are imperfect people, but Lord, we believe according to your word that you are working to perfect us, that you might present to your, to, uh, be presented with us as a glorious and a spotless church that you would receive the glory and we know you well that you deserve. We pray all these things in Jesus name, amen. And now I'm going to ask Mark if he wouldn't uh, minister to us as he has. We thank you, Mark, for your faithfulness. And we thank you for all the time you have spent spending our talents uh, for God. Thank you very much. by day with each passing moment strength I find in my trials here trusting in my father's wise bestowment whose heart is kind beyond all measure Given to each day what he deems best, lovingly as part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil, peace and Consolation offered me with thy 
is a moment's fleeting till I reach the promised land. Glad to see that Fred has joined us. Um, may, may he bless each one of you with this word and its truth and its person that we might see that God is um, absolutely aware of what we're doing this morning. Uh, next week, I would like every family uh, to prepare uh, the simple elements of communion. And next week, uh, we will observe that uh, as the Lord wills. Uh, this morning, I wish to start with Psalm 103. Now, this is happened to be one of my favorite psalms, but I have been touched on it for quite a while. I also want to say that we will be looking into Psalm 51. Ah. Uh, you know that there has been a considerable amount of emphasis regarding our part to play as we live our lives, particularly as we get old enough to understand that those things that possibly do not please God, uh, be brought before him in our lives, uh, such that uh, they would be cast as far as the east is from the west, and that whoever we are, that we would understand that God has more for us than we have fathomed. And so there is two things. There is that we understand that the one that we come to with uh, our requests, our requests that indicate uh, we should be brought into a more uh, fruitful relationship with him. Those requests that we may not be aware of that uh, God would respond to, not because, simply because we ask, because he wants to, he wants to bring us into fruition 
Uh, and may it be that our hearts agree with him. And therefore, I talked about uh, examining ourselves. But once we find uh, some uh, insufficiency in ourselves, and if you look, and if I look, I will find them. And God is pleased because of who he is to forgive our sins and to not only restore us, but to bring us into the, uh, the sunlit uplands of his love and his nurture forever in our lives. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And so, turning to Psalm 103, let us consider the one that we come to. Let us consider the characteristics of God to those who desire his fellowship and desire their closeness and the oneness of our lives with him. And so Psalm 103, much of it I will just read. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. In a second, it's a much like it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. The things about the benefits of God don't necessarily mean that our problems in this earth will be taken care of as far as the outward manifestations that they bring. But the Lord works from within. My friends, each week, uh, each of us deal with Weights, uh, we deal with those things that would hinder us and to take our mind off of the goodness of God. But some here would tell us that their thoughts are concentrated on God not as the judge, for we are not under the eternal weight of its judgment. We may be under chastening, but there also, when we find that we bring uh, our failings to him, 
And when we are honest, first with ourselves, and then we are honest and humble before God, we recognize the beautiful truth of who he is. And we must look at him in that way. What is, what do I mean? I mean that God is good. God made you. And God knows what you need. And so spiritually and in your soul, God knows that your joy and your satisfaction will depend upon to the very level that you have put them before him and allowed God. Once you believe, once you call out to the Lord to be delivered from that which would hinder, then faith, which you express, is all that requires the power for the change comes from the Lord himself. And as always, we find that God does all the work, but he yet is waiting for us to believe. Even when the enemy would tell us that if we put our trust in the Lord. We will be disappointed. It is not true. It is one of his, one of Satan's deceptions, one of his lies that uh, serving God will be a burden. But contrarywise, serving God will fulfill every desire of our heart. So bless the Lord and continue to bless the Lord and forget not, as apparently some people have or he wouldn't have said it. He said, forget not all of its benefits who forgives, mm. where would we be if God doesn't forgive? <laughs> but he does when we come with a humble heart, calling on the name of the Lord. He forgets all of our iniquity. It doesn't say, he puts them in the back of his mind. He forgets all of our iniquity, and he healeth all of our diseases. Now, you know that I believe the scripture teaches <clears throat> that primarily physical healing is for God's earthly people. That's 
doesn't mean there isn't healing for us physically. But in regard to knowing, uh, as God said, that none of the diseases of the Gentiles would rest upon Israel, we uh, remember to look at that rightly. Number four, he redeems our life from destruction. He crowns thee. And of course, you know that one day you will wear the victor's, the victor's crown. Uh, he crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. What, do we take him at his word that our crown will bring to us blessing of loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles now i think here again uh for the um for those things that are said here are primarily for Israel. We may not count on, I can't count on that as some of the patriarchs, I will live to be uh, of, of an extraordinary age. But I can believe that he will satisfy me with good things. You know, if you found Paul and Silas in jail, uh, in the dungeon, uh, and I'm sure at many times those who observed him, found him, praising the goodness of the Lord, it must have been to their confusion, those who look, how somebody like Peter or Paul uh, could be joyful in the face of what men would call great destitution. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all those who are pressed. The day will come, my friend, when you and I will receive no oppression. In fact, we will be kings and princes in the earth and the enemy will flee from us. Uh, he, uh, for example, in the millennial kingdom, he uh, will want to be somewhere else uh, because he knows that we have with us all of the power and all of the wisdom and goodness, righteousness that the Lord has. And we will 
met that out to them based upon whom God has chosen for us to be in that kingdom. He made known his ways to the children of Moses. Now we know that the children of Moses, for the most part, did not respond to God's goodness. Nevertheless, they were there. He made them known in his acts unto the children of Israel. And the Lord is merciful, is he not? He's slow to anger, and he is plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. We know this about God. May we not put him to his limits. May we not push him to the place of chastisement. And may we, with the as he speaks to us kindly and tenderly regarding those changes we ought to make in our lives, that uh, he will deal rightly with us. Mm. He has not dealt with us. Understand this, my friends. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to his iniquities. And as the thief, uh, one of the thieves on the cross next to the Lord, uh, he had only, and this man had no opportunity to show uh, his works to the Lord. But the Lord would say to him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Can we not say then he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities? Who is that for? That is for the ones who call on the name of the Lord. Uh, I am tired, I, I will tell you uh, straight out of going to the, uh, to the praise services associated with those men whose lives are obviously not directed towards the Lord and yet they were talked about as if they had. But, but for us, for you and me, as far as heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as from the east uh, is from the west, so 
he has removed our transgressions from us. When you stand before God, uh, only the first time, because I think we will be in his presence, uh, possibly he will light our way. There is no sun in heaven. The light of the heavens will come from God. And in that light is this ever awareness of us. And we will experience not just at certain times, but we will experience that goodness and that fellowship for all time and all moments. Like a father that pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows that we are weak. He takes that into consideration. And therefore, I say to you that the thing that troubles him and changes uh, his mind in regard to chastisement and in regard to judgment is that his children do not depend on themselves or think of themselves more highly but we ought to think of ourselves in regard to what God has forgiven and, and the fact that he remembers our sins no more. So bring your sins up to God in heaven and he will not remember. Therefore, there will be no reason to bring them up. As for man, and this, I continually make reference to. We are like the grass. And if our lives are but for a moment, and eternity has no end, why would we, as we're in this earth, live as though it is forever? Consider to the potentates. You are considering some of them now. The rich man, the powerful man, and the prideful man of the earth. Their reign will last for less than an instant and then out of darkness. The Lord knows that we are weak and we continually in our humility know that the only thing we can do is call on him. But when we do, he responds always and kind and restores us uh, to the fellowship that we desire in our heart. Mm -hmm. 
in regard to <clears throat> men as grass, we read for the wind passes over it and it's gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. A hundred years, 200 years from now, the Lord doesn't come back. No one will know who we were. I, I remember hearing a sermon in a particular church about the legacy that we leave behind. The only legacy that is worthwhile is that which God remembers whereby his blessing towards us is never ending. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon who? Upon them who fear him. That means have that reverential respect that I, and I say this with my heart, I never want to disappoint the Lord. But of course we do. But I tell you more and more, the time when I am aware of the disappointment and the time that I repent are, um, well, basically they're almost instantaneous uh, to such everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. There's a lot I could say about that. Uh, this morning, I look into the face of the little girl I see the innocence and the sweetness of that life. I desire that it go on with the Lord when that little girl winds up to be a woman and has to face the temptation of the world and the wiles of the devil. But God is up to that. If we call upon the Lord, he will hear us. The Lord has prepared a throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules forever. And so you and I do not have to worry that at some point in eternity, Things will turn around. God will not be loving and kind as he is. We will know that he never changes. He never has. There are men today, prominent men, who are teaching that the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New. That is absolutely not true. As a matter of fact, that which we're reading about God today is not the reading of judgment, but is the reading 
of his mercy and his goodness and his righteousness based on the cross of Jesus Christ towards us. The Lord has prepared his thrones in heaven and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, that hearken unto the, the voice of his word. And as the angels were created to glorify God, we will sing with the holy angels and we will feel in our hearts to the core the goodness of God. Bless the Lord, O ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all of his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Before we go on, Mark, to Psalm 51, I would appreciate if you could minister us again. We love the songs that you sing and the truth that is in those words. Renew my mind as 
as you will unfold in my life and living every day. that which I have to say today, the power of your love. Oh, that we would feel and know and believe that the love of God is beyond our imaginations. And it is who he is. It is not what he became. And his love is directed towards those who believe in him. I would like to announce that Mike's dad, I believe, was 90 years old. And he passed away a couple of days ago. So be in prayer for Mike, Mike Wisman. That is uh, Judith's husband. And uh, there will be a funeral to attend. My understanding is that he was looking forward uh, to the Lord, being with the Lord, and we uh, hold the mic up because each of us have to experience this earthly party one from another. But let us hope that 
there is no fear of judgment and that each of us has lived before God according to his word. I would like for, yeah, I would like for you to consider King David. I would like for you can, to consider him, although he was a man after God's own heart, that in the middle of his life, he strayed from God. Uh, you all know the story of Bathsheba and David's actions in regard to her, even though the Lord had told him that he would withhold no good thing from him. David was willful. He even committed murder and uh, still was unmoved by the calling of God to him. And it was Nathan, the prophet, who had to come to David and tell him a story about a poor shepherd who had one ewe lamb that he loved and that a neighbor had come and stolen that lamb away. Suddenly, David recognized his sin. And I believe that his confession before God was similar to that uh, which we ought to have. And so in such a situation, if God was able and willing to hear David, who had had so many blessings. Yes, he had many troubles, but the Lord, because of David's inner heart and that which was found in him by the Lord, and that was the working he had these words in Psalm 51. And here's what he said. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions this is what I mean when I say we call upon the Lord David was not able to change that which he had done he was not even able to bring his own heart to a place of humility 
but the Lord could. And with faith, and I say it had to be pure in, in that David knew the difference between he and God that any man would have failed. I have heard Christians say they would never forgive uh, people who had hurt them, uh, that they would hold that grudge, uh, that they would not even want to be exposed to that person's presence. But David said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Not only talking about what he had done, but talking about the propensity that every individual has to, to do other than the will of God. And so he knew, and this is one of the benefits of knowing the God that we deal with, that we may be hardened in heart, but God is always ready in the face of our calling on him and our humility and our utter dependence to call on him and say, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. David could not get rid of the guilt that he bore. Nevertheless, the Lord will create in us a clean, a clean heart. We go to the book of Hebrews and we find that he cleanses our conscience. And so there is no more consciousness of sin. My friends, it is wonderful to live before God for all that we know that there is no consciousness of sin because of what Jesus Christ has done and the fact that we believed in him and we trusted him what the power of salvation to do something in us that otherwise could not be done. Against thee, we need to understand that. My friends, we may sin against others, but ultimately we sin against you. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. You understand that God uh, is not interested 
in forgiving what we consider uh, maybe the ultimate sins. Or maybe we think that he will forgive that which we consider is, his, is the small sins. Sin to God is unrighteousness. And sin always involves iniquity. And God was ready to cleanse David from each one of those things. We need to understand it is not primarily the sins that we commit with men or that we commit with the love of the world uh, and the love of things and the misbegotten path that we might take, but sin is against God. And so he recognized, David recognized that this started early. He recognized original sin for he said, I was shapen in iniquity <laughs> and in sin did my mother conceive me. Or even though we look at those sweet young children, we know that all the sins, the seeds of sin is there. And lo and behold, many times we don't wake up to see the growth of those sins, those sins, seeds, until uh, that child is coming to adulthood. I remember one preacher saying, what will we do? Because when a person has become malformed and there is little, he said, that we can do for a hunchback. Early on, we should recognize that sin, even to our children, even before we think they're old enough to understand uh, all the ramifications, yet I have found that even little children old enough to talk recognize sin. Behold, the Lord says, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, thou shall make me to know wisdom. And so God, it is one thing to have dealt with that which we know, but is, is another thing altogether to deal with that which is secret. It is another thing to deal that where we have been deceived and do you not believe that you're beyond that? 
that you may hold on to those things, even unknowingly. But God desires truth where? In the inward part. And in the hidden part, that which we may not see, God will reveal. He said, make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. You may now, you may not remember that the hyssop was one of the smallest of bushes, but during the uh, work of Moses uh, in sanctifying the people, the hyssop bush was placed in the blood of the offering, and Moses went around uh, the people of Israel and sprinkled them with the blood. And that is why today we talk about our sins being under the blood and sprinkled uh, that we might uh, not be seen as sin, but we are seen as covered with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wash me, he said. Those of us who know Christ only need to have our feet washed. But yet, when one would say, not me, Lord, not you will not wash my feet. It is beneath you, Lord. The ones who know the truth say, wash me, Lord, for I have sinned against thee. It is not the whole of the man there, but it is simply that which you pick up in everyday life that you know, and if you look for it, it will be there. And you will say, purge me with it, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Reminds me of a verse in Isaiah. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken uh, may rejoice. Even the one who has been apart from the Lord, who's, who's, who feels decimated by sin, the Lord can make us whole and make us to stand upright and to walk without a limp and to know that the Lord has done complete healing in our lives. Do not think that you 
will go in heaven and remember your sins before God. Because every broken bone, every part of your being, and particularly in your soul and spirit, you will be cleansed to perfection before the Lord. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquities, even those things that we do not understand have been done. We recognize that we are imperfect in our means to discern, but we look to the Lord to search us and to root out those iniquities that we otherwise would not know about. Create in me. This is a work of power. This is the essence of sanctification and salvation is that the power of the Lord without which we would never change one bit. You would never be able to approach even the smallest degree to the righteousness of God. But here we will have created a clean heart uh, before God and have a right spirit renewed in us. Notice that this is talking about an ongoing work after we are saved. And my friend, it is something that goes on until the Lord calls us home and we in faith will believe that continually he works in us until finally that day comes when we will leave this body of sin behind and we will feel absolutely comfortable in the presence of God. Cast me not away. That is not the Lord's way. That is not what the Lord wants. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. We ought to understand again that that would be a verse for old Testament saints who only had the Holy Spirit at certain times and uh, during circum uh, various circumstances. But for us, his spirit is always with us. Uh, restore unto me the joy. If you aren't feeling the joy of your how many actually can joy in the salvation of God? My wife and I lay in bed at night 
and talk together about the goodness and the faithfulness and the wonder and beauty of God who has kept us and will keep us by his spirit. He is faithful. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. When I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. My friends, our testimony to those around us regarding our humility and regarding our thoughts towards the Lord as we continually look to him for that which he will do in our lives today has immense power over the thinking of those who would see us. So let us say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And do not be afraid. Do, do not withdraw. But testify, even to those who don't deserve it, the goodness of the Lord to thee and teach them in that way. Uh, the transgressors shall see thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Do you remember one of the reasons that the Lord would not allow David to build uh, the temple? He could only collect the materials so that when Solomon was on his throne, he could build the temple. It's because David was a man of blood. But he says here, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O Lord. Many times, uh, each of us, in many ways, will think about those who deserve death for their sins, for the things that no one else knows. But God is able to bring and deliver each one of our hatred. Remember what he said. If we hate someone, we are a murderer. And so God will deliver us from blood guiltiness oh god of my salvation my son song uh, aloud and thy righteousness oh lord open thou my lips and my mouth shall show thy praise again i must say to you that the manner of the conversations between my wife and I more and more 
are about the fact that we praise God for what he has done in our lives and uh, our mouths show forth his praise. Do not neglect praise to the Lord. He delights in the praises. The, the scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. There is nothing you can do in regard to religion to be clear before the Lord. For thou desires sacrifice. Uh, we know David was an Old Testament man. We know that there were many in Israel who did not neglect the sacrifices, but those who were wise know that God did not desire sacrifices. David said, I would give it. Sacrifice and religion is not uh, even approach unto the righteousness of God. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings, but listen to this. The sacrifices of God are what? Are a broken spirit. That means I am not lifted up. If there's any lifting up, I will let the Lord lift me up at the proper time. And I know he will be quick to do it when it is right. A broken, uh, first off, a broken spirit or his sacrifices. A broken, broken and a contrite heart. That is a heart that is genuinely broken for the sins and for the misguided actions that we might take, not knowing that they were against God. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, oh God, that will not despise do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion build the walls of Jerusalem and then thou shalt be pleased consider my friend that your life is and you are building the walls for the glory of God do good in thy good pleasure. Build the walls. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullets in thy altar. Again, my friends, understand that every Israelite that pleased God did not 
please him for what their offerings was. God regarded their offerings according to the conditions of their heart. In other words, faith has always been the requisite for salvation from Adam to the last man. It will be because he believed God. And then those things that he might do are sanctified and are pleasing to the Lord. But first comes his heart. And so our hearts become tender before him and he will be pleased because of our hearts. And so consider these words today. Consider the person of God in regard to who he is and has always been. And consider that you can be washed and clean and acceptable forever in a sight because you have trusted and been delivered in the Lord. May God bless each one. Father, may those who hear, I'm saddened, I must say, Lord, to those who will not hear, even those that were with us. But if they had been with us, according to First John, they would have continued. We are but a small flock, but our hearts are filled and our hearts are great with the, with the knowledge and the goodness of the Lord who looks upon us with favor based upon the sacrifice of his dear son, for it is his blood that has made us acceptable and clean in the sight of God. Thank you, Father. We praise you in Jesus. We praise you in Jesus' name. Let us forever please you and make you glad for you have chosen us, but you have worked your power based upon the blood of your son who gave us everything needed for that which we have spoken today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all.